welcome to this podcast where I talk to one of the minds behind our excellent museum service. And my guest today is David Thorold. Thank you for coming, David. Thank you, it's a pleasure to be here. Right. So, let's go right back to the beginning. You start to get interested in ancient history. Was it a, a university degree or keenness at school or what, what was that? Um, I think it started earlier than that, really, because uh, I, I always had an interest in history when I was a school child, mm. and um, I lived in Peterborough, and there was a fairly large excavation, luckily for me, going on at a site called Flag Fen, uh, which was a series of uh, wooden Iron Age dwellings um, in the sort of marshy area of, of the uh, of the uh, town there. Was that near where you lived? You yes, could you go and yes. See it? So I could um, I could cycle over there. So I used to go and volunteer over there, and uh, sort of that's where my interest started and grew from. Right. Okay. Um, then did you study it at uni? Or? I did. Yes. Yes. Um, I went to Newcastle upon Tyne, which was a great uh, university to be at because uh, you've got the Roman Wall up there, of course. Right. So there's a, there's a lot of archaeology in the region, mm-hmm. um, and uh, which was nice because uh, Peterborough. I'd been working on an Iron Age site, a pre-Roman site, and then in uh, Newcastle there's obviously a lot of Roman material as well so it was uh, a nice and varied uh, uh, course there again. Mm, it's Part of it is physical isn't it or do you um, leave the digging up and looking at things to others? Well um, nowadays yeah, now you yes do, yeah <laughs> but no uh, I, I mean um, archae- I, I studied archaeology at university because uh, it was a bit more practical than doing a straight history degree mm-hmm. um, so uh, we had we had to do a number of weeks um, training on an excavation during our three years, which was particularly uh, frustrating because I actually had to stop working on a professional dig so I could go on the training dig at that stage oh. uh, because having already done some, I'd got a bit more experience. So yes. that was... You have to want to do it because you've got to be there hands-on mucking through the, the earth and trying to find things as the stones or whatever. Yeah. Well, we um, we work a lot on building sites because a lot of archaeology gets discovered um, oh. because of building work that's going on. In right. fact, I think in the news this morning there was um, a Saxon graveyards been discovered on the route of the HS2 line, which is very typical for things coming up. Um, and a lot of the excavations I worked at were prior to housing estates being built. Um, so the archaeologists tended to have to work in the winter months because the uh, the rifty tufty builders didn't really want to be uh, out on the site in the winter months. They preferred working outside in the summer. I always thought so. Uh, so you've got this, you, you know the site. You've got willing helpers. I mean, to just start digging, or is there a plan to start with? Or yes, uh, I mean, um, the, the, there's a there's a, a planning process in place. So when when building work like uh, railways or pipelines are putting, there's normally um, a map checking exercise to see what's likely to be in the area. Uh, and then there will be an archaeological investigation to some extent. Um, so there's always some awareness. And then if you hit something major, uh, an excavation unit will be brought in to carry the full work out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have to lay out um, a, a grid um, so that you can position all your objects. So you're 
do that based on the national grid. So mm. you can say where to, at a point on any map each find is found, and then you'll have to set a, 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 a an ordnance level so you know how high up you are and so how far much, everything's yes. found. So Very it's typical. all about building up that sort of 3D map of the area. Yes. Now the post you're in is a long way um, away from that really, isn't it? Yes, yes. It's How, what were the steps you What was the first um, position you got in museums? Was it here? It was, yes. I was, I was, I actually worked on an excavation here, which was the Folly Lane excavations, uh, where the chieftain burial was found. So that, that was a very interesting excavation to work on. And when that finished, I stayed on and did some volunteer work for the museum service. Right. Uh, and that led to my first um, sort of junior curatorial post. Mm. Uh, and I've, I've been here ever since. Now, when we go to see the uh, Verulamium Museum, do you put the two things together to define it? You know, when we go there, um, it looks fairly modernly um, presented. Yes. Were you there before, or did you design it yourself, maybe, and do it? I came just after it had been redisplayed, so I just okay. missed it. But I, I remember visiting myself prior to that, um, and um, it was a it was a, an interesting museum, but it was almost a museum of a museum uh, because it was a little bit out of date prior to the the redisplay in 1990 that we carried out, mm. or, or the team carried out. Um, so it's it it was updated very much to the the times, um, and you know, hopefully in the next few years we'll be looking at doing something uh, again with it to sort of mm. revamp it once more. Well, what I like about it, I like the scenes they have. You know, the kitchen in those yes, times, yes. or looking after somebody. You know, the bringing it in a little bit connected to me rather than bones sitting on a shelf. You know, absolutely. Yes, yes, and, and I think. Broadly speaking, uh, museums in the past displayed all the objects, so you saw lots and lots of things, but you might be seeing the same thing over and over and not necessarily in context. Um, so room settings do very well, um, and I think most people like that because it brings across the daily life aspect, yes. and we do try to promote that very much, that we show what normal people would be doing as much as we can. Mm. Um, we do have, we, we because we get a lot of school parties coming in, we also try to cover elements of the national curriculum. So we do right. quite a bit on transport links and um, food and farming because that's right. what the, the schools are taught as well. Yes. Ah, so you are now um, in charge of that museum, aren't you? You're, I'm are the, you cu curator of I it? I am, yes. Yes, I'm the curator of the museum. That means yeah. the taking care of, I suppose, originally curator? Yes, yeah, yes. yeah. I'm, I'm sort of in charge of the exhibits and the uh, the stores and uh, dealing with the uh, inquiries and such like. Yes. And if anything new comes to light... You are immediately alerted, and you go with joy to find this bag of coins <laughs> or something. Yes, that's always that's always the hope. Um, uh, the way things tend to be found is either, as I've said, there's um, excavations or, or, or um, examinations going on because there's a building project, um, mm. and that's happened a few times in the, in the district. Mm, mm. Um, or you have metal detectorists normally who come across objects and uh, hopefully will report them to us as well. Mm. And then occasionally you get people who've found stuff, often dog walkers will find material, or children playing in the park will sort of turn up things as well. Mm. Um, so there's, there's quite a wide range of ways that things um, yeah, uh, get passed through to us. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, I think presenting ancient history to the public is quite an art in itself. 
you've got to know how people react because some people just go glassy-eyed and go along. I think we've touched on some of them. They need something to catch their eye. And also, you use other means than to films or um, whatever yes. videos. Or... Yes, um, it's, uh, it's a variety of techniques and um, we have, uh, at the moment, we have a, a few short video uh, sections that display and we have a number of computer interactives. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the trick with those is not overloading them, really, because... Uh, the, the technology is there to put an awful lot on, but um, you really want the yes. public to go around and look at the objects rather than concentrating too much on right. on, on the touchscreens. Mm-hmm. And then you get to another part which people look forward to, seeing some of those objects or um, written about or models in the shop. Yes? Yes, yeah. yes. Um, yeah, we have... A, Explanations we have a, yeah, of, yeah. of everything. Yes. Woo. Um, do children react to it? As well as you think they'd like you like them to. Yes, I think so. It's interesting. The uh, the smaller children, sort of the sort of seven to sort of ten year olds, really love it, and mm. they come in and there's always a lot of wows and oh's and look at that, uh, and they, they they particularly like the the mosaics. Oh yes, uh, they're very taken with those, um, and they are, they often re- interestingly they often quite quite like the skeletons. They're quite interested in the um, the, the dead what bodies. It looks like, yes. Um, but the um, the mannequins are often what scare them the most, <laughs> which is a, a curious thing. Do you mean um, the models that people like? Yes, yes. I think I think possibly because they they're think so real. Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe that's a person or what is that? So it's it's a little bit more uh, yeah. like that. But but they're very, they're always very curious at that age, which is is interesting. Yes. Um, and then it it tends to fall off, I think, a little bit in the the later years, and then we get visitors coming back to us when they're in their 20s again. But uh, we get, I mean, we get a lot of school parties and we get a lot of um, families visiting and grandparents bringing their children. Oh, right. Yes. And there is a plus for those of us who live within the bounds of St Albans, isn't there? There is, absolutely, yes. It's, People uh, free. may not know of it. <laughs> yes, uh, the museum is free to residents, so, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's there whenever you uh, fancy popping in. And there's a car park. If it's not sort of bank holiday, you might find room. <laughs> absolutely, yes. On a, on a warm, sunny day, it might be a little, little bit difficult to park because we also share that with the, um, the, the park itself, but yes, um, there's yes. plenty of parking normally. Mm. Have you t- talked about a newly discovered artefact? Can you think of one that gave you great joy, a real one, recently? Um, or gosh, well, uh, lots of them. The, yes, yeah, I mean, we coins, did, coins. We, we did, yes, we we did have. Um, excuse me. <coughs> we did have um, a large coin hoarder that was found um, a, about a decade ago now, which was uh, a hoard of Roman gold coins, um, which was very unusual mm, and particularly mm. interesting. Uh, we actually got to go back out to the site and excavate that, um, and that was a detector find. And um, detectorists, if they if they have permission to be on the land, they normally share ownership with the landowner. Um, so that reporting it um, usually isn't an issue um, but we like to get involved on major finds like a coin hoard or um, burials because it's the context of everything in in position in the ground before it's excavated out so this coin mm-hmm. hoard was interesting because uh, the detectorist found a few of these objects and reported them and we were able to go back out with them and actually 
find the other ones in sequence and that was quite important because if they'd all been stored together on top of each other we could have got quite a lot of information about when the coins were buried. Sometimes they're buried individually and they're, they're added to over time. It's almost like a bank supply that they're adding to their, yes. um, their, their supply. I think I met this when I was on a holiday in Greece. Are they all stored there, everybody? Even yes. recent ones. Yes, it's 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 not <laughs> unusual. <laughs> oh right. Um, what it's I think you mentioned that it's the Romans, the Roman period that attracts you most. What is it about that? Put some um, flesh on the bone. I think um, they're they're interesting because they were such a well organised and developed society at that time that uh, they they weren't the first. The Greeks had already come along, but they were extremely well organised in uh, taking charge of things and um, uh, managing societies and expanding their own empire. And they yes. were also extremely. They didn't invent an awful lot of things, but they were very good at spotting a good idea and uh, sort of running with it and getting the maximum advantage from mm. it that they could. So they had a sort of really quite organised um, civilization and an organised mind, which is interesting. Interesting. Uh, we often meet them just as the bad force that, you know, she was even the, the, East, the Christmas story, the Romans, the Romans, the Romans, they wanted their way, they had their way. Yes. And they were in charge, yes, and put everybody else to shame. Yes, um, and it's interesting because certainly in the southeast and certainly in this area, they uh, the locals were very pro-Roman. Um, the local tribe, the Catavalloni, were trading with the Romans for about 100 years mm. prior to the Roman invasion. And by the time the invasion happened, um, a lot of the elite, certainly the the, the the kings, when they were princes, had probably been to the continent, had probably may have been to Rome, would have certainly been to the Roman cities in Gaul. A lot of them were um, junior officers in the Roman army prior to taking over as kings in their kingdom. Mm. Um, so the elite were very um, au fait with the Roman Empire. They were very keen on the trading element with them. And um, when the invasion happened, it seems that the local tribe... Uh, certainly didn't fight it because when we see uh, the Roman society developing here if you'd opposed the Romans they would stamp down on you quite hard mm. but if you were pro-Roman um, you would often do quite well and certainly in the first 20 or 30 years of the invasion um, it was politically expedient for the Romans to actually um, show in the as we say what the Romans could do for you mm. um, so Verulamium got built up into a Roman town relatively quickly of, and of quite high status because the, the, the locals had clearly backed the Romans mm. and so they gained a lot of benefits from doing so. Mm. The word Verulamium is um, <laughs> it's the the place isn't it? Yes it's uh, the place by the marsh which yes. isn't isn't really the most attractive of names when oh, you uh, when you translate it, but um, yes, the river Ver runs through a marshy valley, and yes. um, in all likelihood, the reason why the the, the 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 Roman town is there is because there was an Iron Age settlement there, mm. which seems to have developed because of the trade with the Romans, mm. and uh, essentially the Iron Age settlement was there because it was a crossing point of the river, mm. which made it a nodal point. So. Uh, while most of the population are farmers and the population is broadly spread across the landscape farming the land, uh, because you've got this crossing point, what trade there is, what transport there is, is going through this point. So it brings in other people and gradually you get this site building up and building up and building mm. up. Yes. 
do you or your staff ever go into schools? I know the schools go to you um, to encourage them because some people might just take to it and think, I want to move into that. I will take history. I will go on. Yes, um, not so much now. Um, we have done it in the past um, right. and we do occasionally still do, do things like oh. that. Um, but we also sort of do events and, um, and uh, museum days when you know, parties can come around and see us then as well. Yeah. Uh, wow. Um, so it's your Romans. Does the Verulamium, I've been to it, but I don't know everything about it. Does it in, um, encompass, it does earlier history a little bit, doesn't it, in a video? Uh, uh, it or? does, yes. Um, we cover the, the, the pre-Roman settlement, the Iron Age settlement, because we right. have quite a lot of information about what was here before the Romans. Mm. Um, so we, we, we cover that, the sort of five or six hundred years in, in before that in slight detail, and then the last hundred or two hundred years before the Romans in a little more detail. Um, and then after the Romans, um, it's a little bit vague at what happens, but in all likelihood, the, the Roman town just carries on and gradually sort of denudes down in size and becomes the, mm, the village mm, of St. Michael's, mm. I suspect. Mm. Um, people think of St. Albans, and quite rightly, as Alban, St. Alban, but he was hundreds of years away, wasn't he, from yes, um, Romans? Yes, or was he not? Well, there's, there's I mean... Trying to place the events are quite difficult because <laughs> it, it's very, it's quite generic what they say uh, about Alban. Um, so there are two or three phases in Roman history when, you know, he, he could have been around from, I think, about 200, oh, really? uh, 220 mm. AD up to about 320 AD. There's, there's a range of times when what's described would mm, fit mm. in. So it's not mm. quite clear where, mm. where he falls. Mm. Um, I'll tell you what impressed me uh, on a small scale was the foods that they ate that you um, modelled in the room settings yes, yes. were foods we could eat today. Absolutely, yes, yeah. Yes. Um, the uh, I think the uh, the thing again that catches the school children out is the carrots are purple rather than oh, orange right. because yeah. um, that that was the type at the time. But um, yes, the local area is a very rich farming community uh, and they're growing grain and the, they've yeah. got cattle and, mm -hmm. and they're obviously growing a lot of other crops in the region. And then with the Roman road network being built uh, and Verulamium is very handily placed to London, which is a, a deep water port. So objects can be brought from the mainland uh, of the Roman Empire uh, around the coast, across um, the sea, up the River Thames, and everything is unloaded. And anything going north of London by land is going to pass through Verulamium. That's the first town you hit after a day's oh, nice. transport. So Verulamium has access to all the goodies from around the Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. So uh, we get uh, metalwork from Italy, we get the amphora coming in, and then you get all the contents as well. So there are figs, there are walnuts, there are dates coming mm -hmm. in, there's mm -hmm. Roman wine. Um, so they have uh, access to uh, a lot of food. You know, in some cases, you'd need money to yes. afford it, but they, they live quite well in the, yeah. uh, in the Roman It sometimes period. gives a shock to an ordinary person like us that foods I eat now, they eat then. You yes, know, yes. The yeah. centuries doesn't make total no, difference on everything, no, does it? I mean, the, their their diet in, would include um, um, cow, um, you know, pig, um, sheep, and uh, they're grow they're making bread. Um, they're they're drinking beer. 
um, mm. you know, the wealthier drinking wine. Mm. Um, they've got uh, all a lot of the vegetables. There are obviously things like potatoes that come in later, um, but they've got a lot of food types that, that we have now. Uh, so it is it is broadly similar to what we, we see now. Yes. Uh, I think your job is to make the fascination of history come to life, isn't it, really, in your area? Hopefully, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And if anybody finds a few coins that their dog has dug up in the garden, to let you know straight away. Yes, uh, if if people have, have found things, um, you know, we're all we we're happy to uh, identify, and we do like to sort of um, sort of have knowledge of them. Um, like I say, most objects uh, they belong to the finder stroke landowner according to the conditions so mm-hmm. we don't we don't take objects away from people um mm. you know uh, we will occasionally offer to buy things if they're if they're suitably um interesting for us mm. but mm. but what we really like to do is plot where all these things are from so you know we have more data more information in the future mm. so what does your position your job involve at the moment you obviously i presume supervising those who are daily there in the museum um but it's yes. also finding new things or yes uh, i mean or I, I i i'm i work on uh, exhibitions so i'm i'm oh, currently working on a couple of exhibitions for the other museum uh, right. which are um much more later so i'm i'm working on something which is um a victorian late victorian painter uh, and i'm working on uh, an exhibition with the local society for next year which is going to be on the second battle of st albans from the civil war so oh, right. it's a bit further but yes, that's yes. going to be interesting a historian yeah, yes so uh, yeah. i'm doing those but um, i also um take care of the collections in the museum so it's monitoring the displays uh it, it's um looking after the material in the stores receiving new material in as necessary identifying it cataloging it adding it to collections adding it to the displays uh, and uh, as I say, dealing with public inquiries, that's, that's a lot of the work. Yes, and you still enjoy it, hopefully. Absolutely, yes, yes. It's always, it's always, a, the, one of the most frustrating things is when somebody brings something in and you don't know what it is, um, because there are objects Challenge. that fall outside of you know, any uh, individual's area of expertise. Um, and occasionally we get things which I can say to people, well, I don't think that's Roman, but I don't know quite what it is. And you might want to go to speak some, to somebody at this museum. Um, but the, of course, they don't tend to come back to you and say, oh, we found out what it is. So it's, it's sometimes a little bit frustrating when something comes in and you think, I do wonder what that actually turned out to be. Oh. You've got to enjoy a job to want to stay in it, haven't you? You yes. have, yes, yeah. And um, working in a museum always throws up something different. So it's, it's always uh, an interesting challenge. Mm. Well, David Thorold, we really do appreciate that you have come to spread on this, uh, in this podcast all about verulamium. I hope you'll get crowds looking there in the sunshine or coming out of the heavy sunshine to um, relax inside a more cooler museum, perhaps. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's air-conditioned to look after the object, so it's a nice and cool venue. <laughs> Thank you so much for telling us all. Thank well, you. Bye-bye for now. And still you love to be Spirit, nowhere at all, nowhere at all. Why can I go from your spirit?